Thank you for tuning in to the Unjiggered Podcast. If you enjoy listening, please consider subscribing and giving us a rating on your podcast service of choice. Also, don't forget to like and tag us on Instagram at unjiggered underscore media. Thank you to everybody for listening, and now on with the show. You're listening to Unjiggered, a bartender podcast where we interview highly successful bartenders about their careers, lives, and the passion of bartending. Our guest this week is Benjamin Fabio Cavana, bar manager of 1930 in Milan, which is currently placed 25th on the world's best bars ranking. He also developed the Family Spirits family and has the greatest beard in the world. So sit back and enjoy our chat with Benjamin. Hello, hello, sexy people. I am Benjamin Fabio Cavagna. My real name is Fabio, but uh, everybody called me Benjamin. I live in Milano and uh, I run 1930. That is a, a secret cocktail bar. That's fantastic. So, fun fact for you, I basically discovered last week that your first name was Fabio because I always knew, <laughs> knew you as Benjamin. Where did, where did this Benjamin come from? Oh, so they start to call me Benjamin since the beginning of my experience uh, in uh, our company. But why? Um, Flavio, one of the founders of the company, after, I think, uh, one month, discovered that my age was 21. Okay. And he, and he said, fuck, no, it, it's not possible. Incredible. No, I can't believe it. Uh, you are like Benjamin Button. <laughs> Meaning that you look, you're super old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After um, this first uh, appointment with him, I cut my beard for the last time. And uh, and he said to me, look, you are, last week you are, you are, you was older than now. You are, <laughs> you are really Benjamin Button. For the people who don't know, you've got a pretty majestic beard, haven't you? It's, it's one of my signature, no? Indeed, indeed. Great. So let's get straight to it. Um, we all know you from 1930, but where are you from originally? Uh, imagine that uh, I was born in a small town uh, between Milano and Verona. It's called uh, uh, Lumezzane, 20k citizens. It's a small village, but full of energy. And, um, you know, when you, when you, wo- when you work in a, in, a, in a small town, you can meet... Uh, a lot of people, poor people, rich people, managers, employers, uh, lawyers, secretaries. I mean, but you are you are in a small town and everybody knows you and you know all the people. And so you need to understand more and more their, their uh, situation and their, their needs. This is why uh, it was so important for me because uh, after three years, when I moved to a big town called Milano, and I started to study at university. I started also to work um, in other bars. And uh, I mean, Milano is another uh, is another story. Uh, moving from a small town to a big town, uh, change your mentality. And uh, you need to understand more and more about the new situ- situation. My my first my first period of career in uh, in Lumezzane was wonderful because uh, you know you are uh, you are eighteen and nineteen, you don't know nothing about the life, but you can understand a lot. And when you are a bartender, you are in a different position in a bar, no? And so maybe pe- people older than you, or uh, I mean more famous, no more. Uh, more important in this small town 
uh, you can speak with them, you can uh, understand more about their story, and you you can uh, you can learn something, you know, every every day. That's what uh, I love about our job, right? You get to meet some incredible people, and you get to share so much with them on a daily basis, right? Yeah, imagine that uh, I really hate uh, doing. Um, I mean, I, I prefer I prefer studying. No, uh-huh. uh, okay, okay, okay. I my my first manual uh, job, <laughs> uh, my first real and serious manual job, uh, it is uh, doing bartender. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And before that, uh, uh, before it, before that, I used to work uh, seasonally in uh, in other companies, but uh, I mean like. Uh, of, secretary work or something like that so like office jobs yeah okay yeah so this is something you like like office office work or uh i start to edit it <laughs> slow process <laughs> right great yeah this is why this is why it's, it's really hard for me using skype or sending mails it's it's always a challenge for me you say that, but later on, I'm going to share a story about my interaction with your bar. And actually, it's the, quite the opposite. I think you're quite good at it. But anyway, um, how, why did you move to Milano? What was the thought process behind it? So for first, I moved to Milano, I moved to, Milano to study at university. Uh, for me, moving in another town, it was a change my life. Because uh, I was a football player 30 kilos ago. I was a... <laughs> <laughs> a football player and uh, and uh, I decided to change my life and um, one of my dreams was to move in a big town and discover something new uh, what is the perfect reason it's studying at university so mommy daddy can I go there <laughs> for sure <laughs> and uh, I started to study philosophy why did you choose philosophy? Because it's such a abstract, uh, very non-job related uh, matter to study. It is difficult to turn that into a job, I think. Uh, a philosophical answer, it could be, why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> and uh, how did your studies go? D- did you enjoy studying? I really like study at university because uh, I had the possibility to meeting strange people really really crazy people <laughs> uh, when you study philosophy it, it always uh, a challenge understand the mind of the people and uh, not not only who the philosopher that that read when you when you study but also the people that study with you it takes a certain character to go and study philosophy i guess so uh, you must meet a lot of very very interesting people yeah no, uh, if uh, now i i'm thinking that if I explain to you how these people was crazy, I imagine, fuck, I was there <laughs> with them. <laughs> so, so tell us about uh, your experience with uh, Milan. How was moving to a big uh, city for the first time? How did you find it? Oh, unfortunately, when you move in a big town, uh, you cannot feel the humanity of the people. And... Uh, the first thing that I felt when I moved to Milano was that uh, a big town that uh, is not human. This is why I don't like uh, big metropolis, because I cannot feel the humanity of the people. And this was something that you missed, like you felt like you needed. Uh, the first couple of years in Milano, I felt this kind of vibes, no? 
I think that when I when I start to work behind the bar and when I uh, start to have a new reality, a new community of people, I discover that Milano, it's a it's a small town, you know. But uh, I think that uh, I'm a very lucky person because uh, I'm doing a, a a great job that you can uh, always connecting with people. But if I imagine a normal uh, a normal person that move from a small town to a big town uh, to do a normal job because our job is not normal i think uh, he could have uh, some problems because uh, you know you cannot chat with uh, all the people we cannot chat with your neighbors uh, you can you can chat with um, where you buy food because uh, there are only big supermarket i mean you need to understand uh, a lot your town, you know, and you need to understand a lot uh, how Milan is. And after that, when you when you discover more and more about this town, you you can start to live very well, because uh, it's a big town, but it's not a met- a super metropolis. Uh, it's a big town, but uh, is well connected. So Milan is cool. So in this respect, the way you are describing it, it to me it sounds more. There are more similarities in between Milan and, and a city like London, for instance. Because I think London, like one of the things that London has is that it's a big metropolis. And I think it's difficult to find local pockets, like s- small local communities. I think in London, they, it's quite challenging. Uh, while I, I thought Milan would be more similar to Rome. I, I f- Rome feels like it's a conglomeration of small towns. And so it has this very strong local feel. I think people interact with each other in a different way in Rome. So you're saying that Milan feels more like a London rather than a Rome kind of thing? Yes, I completely agree with you. Milano is more like uh, London, is more like Paris, uh, Berlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, but because uh, I, I think uh, that um, this kind of vibes uh, becomes uh, not for uh, the morphology of the town, not for the history of the town, but for the the job, the different jobs. Uh, Rome it's very uh, crowded of uh, of tourism tourist places, and uh, when you when you feel small areas of the town full of uh, citizens, uh, they feel like a small town. No, they live like in a small town. In Milano, I think it's different because uh, a lot of people uh, running. Uh, uh, into this big town, uh, a lot of people are uh, in Milano only for job. So they commute from outside. Yeah, yeah. They they comes daily or they comes uh, uh, weekly for for a week just to close a project and uh, run in uh, in um, in their town, in their originally town. And uh, I think that uh, in some cases, uh, uh, Milano is full of egoist people. This is a this is a dangerous uh, is a dangerous uh, phrase I know but uh, I think I think it's full of egoist. Yeah, I think people with 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 sort of like they have this ego and this strive to achieve a lot. That's why people go to Milan, I think, or to these big commercial centers so they can, you know, big travel hubs so they can just stand out, I guess, and and get more opportunities, right? So I guess it is egoistic yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah, I come I come in Milano to do money and that's it. 
care. I don't care about them. I don't care about uh, about love, about uh, about friends, and uh, it's. Uh, I think it's not so good. Okay. Mm, I mean, I'm you. I'm human, no. I would. I would like to to rest human, no. So for first is uh, it, yeah, money is important. We know why why we are here, no. But you need to understand that you need to be human, no. Yeah, but that's why bars uh, come into play, right? So, like, how how did you get into the 1930 family at this point? Because you're studying, in, you're studying, right? Was this something like a job that you were aspiring to do? Was it something that you went into knowing that was something that would help you paying the bills? Uh, I started to work with the company just to help uh, Flavio and Marco during uh, uh, summer season. So Fl- Flavio and Marco are uh, the original owners, the founding fathers of the company, right? Yeah, exactly. Flavio Angiolillo and Marco Russo. So you started as a part-time uh, during the day. What, what were your main tasks and why did you choose to work with them? Uh, simply they asked me to do extra shift to help them uh, during, uh, during um, uh, summer holidays and summer season because... Uh, uh, in 2014 or 2013, I don't remember, I don't remember very well, um, tourism become uh, uh, more and more uh, crowded, no? It was, it was the period before uh, Expo, and in uh, McCafe, the, place, uh, the first place opened by them, uh, it is in a tourism area, so you always need someone that do, could help you during, the, during summer. And uh, I was there preparing uh, preparing coffees. Uh, I was in the floor, uh, cappuccinos, uh, daily shift, simply daily shift. Uh, at the finish of the summer, they asked me to start to, to work uh, uh, during the night, because uh, I mean my dream was uh, to start to, to start to continue to learn uh, more and more about uh, about cocktails and about uh, history. Uh, of beverage, and this is why I start a couple of months to work at McCafe, and after that I moved to 1930. That is a that is a special is a special place to start to to dream, no? But at this point you're studying philosophy, as you said. So what was it that kept you into bartending and made you want more of it? I mean, uh, studying philosophy and work uh, such a bartender, it was really, really, really difficult for me. So you had to choose one of the two. And yes, after six months, I decided to continue to study bartending and to stop to study philosophy. I mean, you know, bartending sometimes is philosophy, no? Very much so. And, uh, and so... After three months of uni- uh, three years of university, uh, I think uh, I did the best uh, the best choice of my life. Not for my mommy, not for my daddy, <laughs> but for me, yes. <laughs> so you started in this beautiful place called Maga Cafe, which is still part of the same group. Would you like to talk to us about the location of it and what's the idea, what's the concept of Maga Cafe? Yeah. Imagine, imagine that McCafe is uh, a bohemian uh, b- uh, cocktail bar. Uh, the design is about the uh, 20s. And um, 
it's open from seven seven o'clock in the morning to two o'clock uh, in the night. So uh, the offer it's uh it's it's complete. I mean from breakfast to aperitivo to tea time and uh, and after dinner. We started to work uh, a lot after two or three months of the opening. Flavio said. And uh, the main idea behind Maccafe is to rediscover uh, the idea of hospitality of cocktail bars. Imagine that uh, when Maccafe was, uh, was open, so nine years ago, the vibes uh, about nightlife in Milano was different than now. Uh, happy hour time, you know. So uh, basically shitty cocktail, shitty food, Quantity over quality. Quantity, exactly. And so one of the idea of Flavio and Marco is to rediscover the art of hospitality and uh, the art of making cocktail in the proper way. Uh, Milano is the, is the town of the Pertivo. And so we started to work a lot during the Pertivo. So uh, serving classic cocktail, but also creating a variation of, uh, of Negronis and aperitivos. And um, imagine that now, now, we are in quarantine, so not in now, but <laughs> at the, in, in the present, uh, we, after years and years of organization and, uh, and management, uh, we can serve uh, 1,000 cocktail per night. That's massive numbers, so, eh? Yes, exactly. In a in a place uh, that can host uh, max uh, 50 people seats. So not in this period, but imagine a group of uh, 300, 400 people out of mug that want to drink and want to stay them. So one of the, and you have to know that one of the, one of the reason that after, after years we open Backdoor 43, the smallest bar in the world, is to have the possibility to serve uh, people faster than in Maccafe. But it's another story. Maybe we can we can chat later. Yeah. We can talk later. We'll get there. We'll get there. So you started at Maccafe, which uh, at the time was the flagship, and then uh, you eventually moved to 1930. What's the, the concept of 1930? What kind of bar is it for the people who have never had the chance to visit? Uh, imagine that 1930, it's the house of our company. It's a saloon that we host only the best friends and the best customer of all the company. Or the people who would like to have a special experience about drinks, and uh, imagine that 1930, it's a cocktail bar that is a speakeasy inspired by pro prohibitionism area. So uh, vintage furnitures and um, it's hidden behind uh, something. <laughs> and uh, you can enter only with our membership club and only if you are a friend of us. We have... Uh, we have a bar with two floors and uh, one is a bunker. It was a bunker during World War II. And there, there is also the smoking area, cigar room. 
so but the, the reason why you don't want to talk about it and and I just wanted to make this clear because I don't want people to think that you don't want people to know about it but it's because it's a very small and precious space in the heart of Milan right as you said it works by invitation only and it works only by like you only have members and like certain guests that you invite and the the thing that I found amazing about 1930 is that is the least googleable bar in the world because I remember once I had the chance to have a guest shift at your bar and I wanted to invite someone over and I was just looking for like the address on the internet and I'm like where the hell is the address like I just couldn't find anything about 1930 online which I think is remarkable and is part of what makes it so special so I can see why you don't want to to say too much about the location of it but it's just this beautiful bar in the heart of Milan right because it's a speakeasy it's a, and it's a proper if speakeasy. you want <laughs> and if you want to enter you need to know each other this is why uh, it's it's like a, it's like a, um, we want to preserve uh, people that is inside just for a reason no Uh, the bar the bar is not big and uh, we want to do the best experience uh, for the people that is inside you know uh, imagine that we open 1930 uh, also cause uh, the numbers of macafe increased so we talk with uh, we talk before quantity quality you know when the quantity is higher maybe the quality is less no and so Uh, the best customer uh, of Macafe that uh, uh, helped uh, Marco and Flavio to uh, increase the numbers had the possibility in uh, 1930 to uh, stay with them, to chat with them, to have the time to uh, choose the right cocktail, the proper cocktail, uh, so uh, no people annoying, uh, uh, you know, It's uh, you have the the right space and the right time to have an experience in 1930. This is a uh, this is another reason, and this is why uh, we decided to don't release the address. Because uh, if you come to 1930 and you want to enter, you could create a problem for for the people that is inside. That makes sense, absolutely. So tell us about the cocktail menu. How do you guys create your cocktails? What's what's the main style you guys go for? First years of uh, 1930, the menu was designed by Marco Russo and me. I mean, uh, imagine that uh, Marco is one of the craziest guy that I ever met in my life. And uh, I mean, me, I'm, uh, I'm not an engineer, but... Uh, So I'm, I used to be formal, no, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> so, so it is a, uh, it is a good mix, no, in my opinion. And, um, we have the possibility to, uh, since the beginning to work with, uh, with a strange machine now are very common, but seven years ago, Rotavap was the machine of the hell, no. And so. The first menus of 1930 was a mix uh, between uh, uh, craziness and uh, formal, no? I don't know in English what it means, and, uh, and concrecity, no? Mm -hmm. uh, the menu that we have launched before COVID uh, 
uh, it is um, uh, created but all the team by all the team of 1930 because uh, three years ago we decided to change our mentality so stop to create uh, the cocktail only in, only in two people only me and marco uh, but uh, the main idea was creating team building and uh, we discovered in these years amazing guys and so uh, the last menu is uh, 100% uh, created by them by all the group by all the team and we decided two years ago to start an amazing trip around the world and uh, the design of the menu the idea the main idea of the menu is discovering every six months special continent a single continent of the world um, with the idea to discover uh, culture stories uh, tradition food and drinks and uh, in october we decided to launch the, the south american menu okay it's very cool it, i think it's a it's a very cool menu because uh, you know covid rules are, are very strange no and you cannot uh, have a proper and real menu no some people use the qr code mm -hmm. or other strategies in our cases we decided to uh, have in the middle of the table a plant that is part of the design of the of the bar that is a plant of agave okay and uh, into the leaves we decided to write the menu so the menu is a plant exactly oh that's so cool yeah it's an artificial plant uh -huh. and we can clean it uh, after the decision of the client mm -hmm. So it's a very cool idea because uh, we planted 24, <laughs> 24 menus into the bar. And so it is part of the design of the bar that is look like a vintage bar in uh, Amazon forest. That sounds super cool. I can't wait to see it. O obviously, COVID made it a bit more difficult to visit bars, but yeah. <laughs> yes, we write by laser uh, technology the text of the cocktail menu. And imagine that uh, South, South America, it's a, it's a continent full of nature because, you know, there is a Amazon forest that is, that is the, the heart of the, of the world, no? And uh, another, another thing about South America, it's that the people are uh, full of passion, no? Full of instinct. So we decided to create a plant that explains Amazon, um, Amazon forest with uh, a menu with a text that is uh, a couple of information about the instinct of the cocktail mm -hmm. very cool yeah and uh, if if the customer wants to know more we have the classic uh, qr code with uh, with all of the ingredients uh, all of the preparations and um, all of the infos about allergies or intolerance no we will come back to 1930 in a minute uh, when we, we start talking about guest shifts, but uh, I'd like to touch on uh, some of the other bars that your company has opened. How many places did you guys now have? Now we have six places in Milano. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about Macafe, we talk about 1930. Uh, the third one is uh, the smallest bar in the world called Backdoor 43. So how big is it? It's a... Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the smallest bar in the world, uh, opened in the same address of Macafe. Mm -hmm. 
we speak about the numbers of Macafe, so we can prepare a thousand cocktail uh, per night, and so we need some help, no? And <laughs> Macafe, it's pretty small, but uh, in the same address, there was a place of 14, uh, no, 11 meters square, sorry. And we decided to invest few money to create a, a space where you can host inside two people. Two seats. Yeah, <laughs> two seats. That's brilliant. Only two seats, yes. Uh, and inside you have uh, the bartender for, only for you for 90 minutes. You can, uh, you can choose the music, uh, you can order uh, food, uh, uh, imagine that is uh, is very small and the bathroom is bigger than the bar. Uh-huh. Why why is the bathroom bigger than the bar? Uh, for Italian law. Ah, uh, uh, it's true because you need to have a wheelchair that's capable of like spinning three sixty inside the 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 the, to- the bathroom, right? So the exactly. actual bathroom exactly. is bigger exactly. than the bar. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and uh, if some friends want do some party and uh, don't they come in in two max in four. So big party. Okay. We we can we can use also the bathroom uh, such a <laughs> <laughs> such a floor. The way it's a, it's an incredible bar. And inside in, inside the bar you can find uh, 250 whiskies. So uh, there is a huge selection of spirits. Uh, but uh, I mean there is also inside other other different spirits uh, classic to make a, to make a classic cocktail. The list change every six months. But the cool thing is that when the bartender finished to host uh, the clients uh, inside, uh, the bartender open a small window and they can and he can serve a takeaway cocktail. Because outside there is a list uh, list of five different uh, classic cocktail. Okay. Like Negroni, Moscow Mule, Gin and Tonic, uh, Whiskey Sour, and uh, with a um, with a special uh, cup. Takeaway, uh, designed by the, also the brand that help uh, help our job. Uh, we serve the cocktail uh, with a price less than Macafe, so people they can have a Hendrix and tonic, for example, for six euros. When in Macafe they pay nine or ten, and so people go to drink a simple gin and tonic at Backdoor Forty Three. People that want to drink a different cocktail, twist on classic or cool stuff, they rest in my cafe. So, but so they don't compete with each other because they offer different products. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. In a in a, in, a, in if you think like this, yes, we offer different. Because uh, why why I need to spend nine euros for a gin and tonic at my cafe? If in the same address there is a gin and tonic at six six euros. And and maybe maybe uh, Michele, you want to go to Macafe to drink a Corp Survivor number two, one of your favorite cocktails. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but you can't, because uh, there are 20, 30 people that want a fucking gin tonic. <laughs> so in, do you understand? No, no, uh, no I, I do. But <laughs> if it's a bit brutal if, if you put it like this, but it makes absolutely <laughs> sense. <laughs> but if these two. <laughs> If these 20 or 30 people uh, that want a gin tonic go in Backdoor 43, Michele Mariotti can drink the Corp Survivor number two. So everybody's happy. <laughs> exactly. What other places in the company you like to talk about? 
We have, uh, we have another place called Barba. Barba means uh, in, in Italian beard. And uh, it's, it is a, a funny place, a uh, uh, very cool place about design, very close to Milano Centrale. And uh, the offer is a daily offer. It's, it's full of people during lunch and during the aperitivo. Because the food, uh, the cocktail are good, but the food are, uh, is wonderful. Uh, Chef Lele, one of the co-owners of the bar, it's a very talented uh, chef. And um, the capacity of the bar is uh, 30 seats. We have, we have not the possibility to use fire for kitchen. And so we can cook uh, only sous vide. We can work with uh, only fresh ingredient, so tartare and different stuff, and fermentations. So the fire was a problem, now it's an opportunity, no? Why the name uh, b- b- Barba, Beard? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know how is important the beard, no? Yeah, I mean, you guys uh, spot, spot some serious beards, so I can kind of say it now. <laughs> <laughs> what other places are there? We have Iter. Another cool uh, project because uh, the main idea is the travel, the trip. Every six months, uh, bartender and chef, sponsored by Piritz Brand, doing a trip in a country of the world. They stay for one week, 10 days to discover uh, more about uh, gastronomy and about history. And after that, they come back and they design the menu of the cocktail and the menu of the food. Uh, the cool thing at Eater is that uh, if, for example, we are in France, uh, a bartender mix only Italian product or only French product. Okay. Or, or product from different countries touched, so created by Italian or French people. For example, we have only one agave spirits that is uh, the mezcal, mezcal from La Punta di Roma, selected by Italian bartenders, for example. Mm-hmm. Or we have uh, a selection of rum made by Luca Gargano from Vellier, an Italian importer, selected by him. That's super cool. That's yeah. awesome project. Uh, the cool, another cool thing is that we created a menu uh, based only... Uh, based also by a very strange social strategy, you know, because with the bartender and with the chef, uh, during the trip comes also the cameraman. And so he stay 10 days filming uh, the guys. And when he come back, he structure all the social activities and also the menu. That is, uh, that is a, a menu that is filmed with a special application that you can you can find uh, in your phone that is called Zappar. Okay. Uh, you you fix your phone into the menu like this mm-hmm. and you activate Zappar and Zappar translate the code in a video. And so you can see the video of the trip. Oh, that's super cool. Super mega cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the last one the last one is the the last bar. Uh, that we opened last September, it's uh, a new baby from Macafe. Macafe is a very small bar, and during this uh, period of uh, of lockdown, we discovered that it was impossible <laughs> host uh, 
numbers of people in a place uh, very small. Due, due to social distancing, you mean? Exactly, okay. exactly. And um, the same owner of McCafe is the owner of this new space that was a old and historical uh, cafeteria in Milano called Caffè La Pusterla. And uh, he asked uh, uh, to our company to enjoy this space. And so after uh, three months of, uh, of uh, hard work, we put uh, all the money <laughs> that we rest to open this jewel of, uh, of Milano. Vintage furniture, but uh, uh, the offer is it's very pop, you know. Absolutely amazing. Food is, food is cool, uh, draft beer, draft cocktail, uh, uh, 90 seats uh, with uh, with the new social distances so it's a big I place. think minimum yeah I think minimum uh, 150 when all these uh, nightmare finish you know it could be yeah looking forward to come and see so you mentioned that uh, throughout your time uh, Milan sort of changed because you said that the mentality that people had when they were going out was different when you started when it's now uh, how is milan now how, how do you say it excluding covid like guys Mi- milano is the best town to live in the world why do you say so italian food that's it <laughs> okay that's a good start <laughs> <laughs> i can i can continue uh fashion yeah that's another one yeah, that's good but in terms okay. of cocktails, models Sexy models, I'm assuming, considering that how sexy you are, I'm sure that they're, they're up to stand. So we, we are, Michele, we are engaged, but how uh, a lot of bartenders are single, no? And uh, is <laughs> an interesting opportunity to visit Milano, no? Great opportunity. But in terms of in terms of cocktail scenes, have you noticed a shift? Like, is there more competition for you guys now? Imagine that uh, Milano is the town of the aperitivo. And uh, imagine that uh, in Milano was born uh, Camparino in Galleria, that is uh, the bar founded by the owner of Campari. Mm -hmm. Imagine that in Milano there is an historical cocktail bar that is, uh, I think, the the university of the bartender that is Nottingham Forest. Mm -hmm. I think uh, in Milano there is one of the most influential Italian bartender that is Edoardo Nono in Rita imagine that in Milano there is uh, Cerisio Sette with Guglielmo Miriello that is uh, an incredible host and uh, the it's a rooftop bar it's, it's incredible I would like to say to you that uh, uh, in Milano in the past and in the present there are uh, some, so many realities uh, uh, to discover and uh, when I start to to work behind the bar like uh, 10 years ago or something like that the mentality was different no uh, happy hour and um, shit food and shit cocktail was the the focus no of the business now now it's different uh, people that uh, people that lived for a long time uh, in different countries now come back to Milano with new ideas, with uh, different experience about uh, about um, hospitality, and so Milano now it it become more and more full of new realities. 
small and big big groups or also independent uh, independent bar uh, that open and step by step doing the their, their story so there's something i find very interesting about the way you guys do guest shifts um you were one of the first bars that actually started with guest shifts in milan i think it's a fair thing to say but what i've noticed is that you don't only have guest shifts with people from abroad but you also have other bars from milan hosting nights at your bars what was the idea behind it and why did you start doing it because it's something that is quite some someone can see it as controversial because you're essentially using your platform to promote some of your competitors. So why did you guys do it and was it successful? If you think that uh, in your town there is competitors, it's cause you are fear of your friend. Mm-hmm. And you, you have no, you don't have a fear of your friend. So the, the main idea behind from Milan to Milan, that is uh, this format that you, that you speak, it's the idea of increase the community of bartender in Milano. I mean, after after years, uh, I think that 1930 is a pretty big reality, no? And uh, if 1930 can support uh, other big names of the bartending in Milano, uh, it's cool. And uh, if 1930 can sponsor in out of the the country these bars. Is cool. So the idea is to push the Milanese community, the Milanese bartender, because uh, uh, it's important that if all the bars in Milano push, Milano to Milano, the city push too. No. So if you are alone and if you, if we organize, uh, if you are the lonely bar that organize gas shift or the, these kind of events probably it become boring or Milano uh, become like a, a town only for a mug group mm-hmm. but exist in Milano other big realities that we need to consider it mm-hmm. and uh, our company I think it's a company for the future no and uh, if you need to think uh, about the future you need to think about uh, connection you need to think about uh, friends and not enemies sounds amazing that's great and and i think one of the good things that you guys do for instance is the way you organize these guest shifts is quite precise i mean you you just you send out people forms to fill with cocktails and preps and and this is something that it's it's far from the reality in our industry so you guys are quite good with the organization there yeah uh, I mean, when we organize when we organize guest shift, uh, I think we need to organize an experience uh, for the bartender that we host. Mm-hmm. The uh, the bartender needs to understand that Milano is a is a cool place to live and is a cool place to work. Uh, I mean, London, Singapore, New York are the capitals of the cocktail. Uh, you worked in uh, two of them, and uh, you know the level, but. Uh, you need also to understand that that uh, Milano, Paris, uh, Athens, or Barcelona are uh, new realities, and um, people need to understand that is a it could be a good way to push and sponsor uh, this kind of town. Uh, in our case, we believe that uh, bartenders from another country need to understand our tradition, 
So our Italian tradition, they need to understand the proper way to live like an Italian. They need to understand our passion. For example, I always invite during summer period bartenders to do wakeboarding with me, for example. That's cool. Or, or I went to Nico De Soto and Shingo Gokan uh, at my gym. Really? For example. <laughs> yes, exactly. See, yeah. Well, Nico, Nico really likes a gym, does he? Like, it, it works out a lot. So I think him without a gym for more than like a week, it, it's, a, it's a national disaster, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe uh, him uh, without, uh, without uh, a gym. Unseparable. <laughs> Talk to us about uh, Farmily because it's one of it's a very interesting project you guys launched. Uh, so it's the co- combination of the word family and farm. So Farmily, uh, so which is a line of uh, botanical spirits. You guys have your own amaros and liquors, and you're expanding the range. Why did you guys start with that? Did you see a gap in the market? Yeah, when we, when we see that the market uh, was uh, full of uh, uh, classic spirits, mm, was a uh, Five years or six years ago, we started to uh, to understand that uh, if you want to create a new project and if you want to create something cool, you need to go out of the rules. And so we decided to launch uh, our line of botanical spirits, inspired every time for a different part of the world. So we started in 2016 with uh, Farmily Mediterraneo, with all the Mediterranean botanical. Uh, it looked like a gin but there is no juniper inside. So it's that kind of botanical uh, taste, but you cannot call it gin or you cannot call it uh, vodka. Okay. In this way, we launched in 2017 uh, Botanical uh, Asia. So different botanicals from Asia, 58 in particular, so quite a lot. Um, Sugarcane, one of the botanical uh, originally comes from uh, Asia, not like a lot of people think in uh, Caribbean or South America. This is why we decided to have uh, like an alcohol-based sugarcane, disti- redistilled uh, and fortified with uh, Asian botanical, and the result it's a uh, like a spiced rum, mm-hmm. but it's bitter for first, and uh, the second choice uh, there is no sugar. So zero sugar. Imagine that a classic spice rum is full of uh, sugar for first and uh, it's it's sweet. In our case, it's bitter and uh, without sugar. Mm-hmm. 43 ABV for both. So it's, it's cool uh, using uh, such a main spirits if you want to do a classic a twist on classic. But if you want to put, uh, uh, I mean, more tasty uh, for your cocktail, uh, uh, it's very cool using it with 5 mLs, 10 mLs, something like that. Like a secondary spirits. Mm-hmm. In uh, another way, we launched uh, la- another line called uh, Farmy Classic. That now we have uh, a biological uh, vodka with the taste of uh, black bread. Okay. Uh, the Amaro, that is a classic and simple Amaro made for people, not for bartender. So... It is uh, the right bitterness, uh, the right quantity of sugar. So quite approachable. Yes, exactly. And uh, the new baby, the last baby launched uh, two years ago, it's a cognac. Uh, It is a cool collaboration started uh, three years ago 
with Voyer uh, Distillery in Cognac. Uh, the owner uh, called us and we said, okay, you are, you are a crazy people. If you want to do something with me, uh, you need to have a, a proper project. And uh, if you want, I have a big barrel for you. Uh, the barrel comes from, uh, from a Berset forest. Berset forest is very famous to produce a barrel for uh, Bordeaux, mm-hmm. not for Cognac. Okay. And so the quantity of tannins uh, inside the wood are very, very high. And so it, it's strange to produce cognac with, uh, with that kind of barrels. But it's a big barrel. Uh, we made it. We aged for, uh, for two years, more than two years. Uh, the, this first project, we decided to bottle the, these Uni Blanc uh, spirits at 43 ABV. But uh, we will start uh, a new agement. Maybe a day I'll explain you. Okay, cool. Can't wait to hear about that <laughs> in the future. That's fantastic. A- any other products that you guys have down the pipeline that you can talk to us about? Yeah, I spoke uh, uh, before about uh, the importance of uh, Campari for Italian mentality and uh, for the historical place that is the Camparino, uh, fo- founded uh, more than 100 years ago of the founder of Campari. Uh, we decided to launch uh, a new product called Bitter Fusetti. That is uh, a new product that inspired by maybe this kind of this icon, this red icon, you know, uh, 25 ABV. It's uh, orangey. I mean, the taste, the fruit taste, uh, it's very similar, you know. It's very mm, mixable. We did a blind taste for this product and uh, seven people to ten prefer uh, bitter fusetti than the other bitters. The cool thing is that uh, it's a young project, no? So it's uh, full of new vibes. Uh, it's uh, it's a good alternative, no? I don't want to talk bad about uh, other brands, no? Because mm-hmm. uh, they are uh, respectable brands. But uh, in Italian, we have a cool thing that we say, e se fosse più buono? What if it tastes better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's your baby, so it's good that you're proud about it. And, you know, if you make it, it means that you believe in it. So it, it must be the best to your taste because otherwise you wouldn't be making it, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, with Bitter Fusetti, we decided to release the first product from our uh, distillery because. Uh, Bitter Fusetti is the, the first product launched by uh, this distillery called Drip Distillery. Okay. And uh, founded by us. So you actually recently. have your own distillery now? Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. And is it also based in, is it also in Milan or is it just outside? It's based uh, out of Milano, but is uh, 15 kilometers from Milano. Okay, so you can visit it, but you don't pay it's uh, an, uh, crazy yeah, rent. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, we are part of this project uh, founded with uh, an historical uh, distillery called Fundeghera founded in 1939 and now we are part of the project we have uh, many things in uh, in our mind but uh, I can't I can't explain to you guys sorry no worries we, we, well, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll follow you and we'll see some of uh, these amazing releases coming to life 
so I, I think uh, we are uh, moving towards the end. Uh, I think a, a final thought about uh, the current COVID situation. How did Milan react uh, and what do you think will be the repercussions of this crisis? Uh, now, now in Milano we are um, in uh, semi-lockdown. So bars are closed, restaurants are closed and they can only do takeaway service. Uh, I hope so we can open uh, earlier, but uh, I think that um, until 2021 uh, we stay closed. And uh, if we open if we open uh, in this Christmas uh, time, I'm not sure it's good for uh, our community, no for our society. Mm-hmm. But uh, if the government say that uh, the 21, we can open the 21 we will open okay 100 <laughs> percent sure mm-hmm. uh, guys guys it's very important the business uh, you know it's very important doing money but uh i want uh, also that um, the bars we will open because i daily chat with my guys and uh, they can they can't stay at home <laughs> It's strange, no? Because we are Italian, we would like to relax uh, every day, but uh, these guys want to work. It's it's very strange. I don't know. I don't it's know. a reverse Italian. <laughs> so, looking forward for the situation to get back to normal, so I can finally come and visit you guys again. I'm, I'm a big big fan of you. So uh, to t- to taste the plant exactly. Yeah, to t- to actually see the menu. Imagine imagine Michele that there is a cocktail called Asado Old Fashioned. Okay. That is a simple fashion made with uh, pulled pork spirits. Oh, that sounds super cool. Can't wait to try it. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, exactly. So uh, we are reaching the final question of the podcast. Uh, it's a question we ask everyone. So if you could choose your very last drink, what would that drink be? Always Brandy Crasta. Always Brandy Crasta. Wow, that was a quick answer. Like, that's very cool. I don't, I don't use to drink cocktail, eh? I prefer wines and beers, but uh, my favorite cocktail is Brandy Crasta. Awesome! Not so many, not not so many people knows Brandy Crasta, no. No, it's not a very popular but, drink. No, uh, but I think it should. No, don't you think? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we had it, but uh, it's a it's it's a cocktail. It's a cocktail for normal people, but it's a cocktail also for bartenders because uh, I think that uh, the complexity of the taste. Eh, it's unique and uh, I mean when when it's vented the lemon is such aromatic part and not a sour part it's uh, it's like future no it's just like thinking like a future it, if you think that uh, that 150 years ago you use lemon just aromatic part uh, fuck you're a genius no no it is absolutely yeah no and, and I think you know we had it on the menu at the American bar when I joined there so we had it for a year and a half on the menu. So we made we made loads of them. Like we had this amazing goblet glass and, and just the lemon rind would fit perfectly. Because I think a, a good crasta has to have a good crasta on it, right? I mean, it has to have it. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, what's the point of it, right? Yeah, no, it's, I love the drink. It's a very cool drink that uh, I should order Michele, more Mi- Michele, we are nerd. I know, right? But <laughs> we're nerding out a bit too much, aren't we? About the sizes of lemon peels. <laughs> <laughs> well Benji thank you very much for your time this was an amazing chat thank you so much thank you Michele ciao ciao we hope you enjoyed our interview with Benjamin 
We are unjiggered underscore media on Instagram and you can follow our personal accounts at mmariotti89 for McKelly, Alex J. Murphy for myself and Adrian Besser for Adrian. Thank you for listening.